This is No Starving Artist Podcast. You deserve a successful creative life. I'm Anissa Benitez, a marketing expert at top companies and creative journeyer. I'm here to support your creative wellness, financially, mentally, and spiritually. Share with me your questions and I'll share perspective. Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast. Today's episode is about the benefits, the perks of poetry, though I believe poetry needs no pitch at all. I've observed how poetry has been significant in my life, in huge art movements and cultural movements and political movements, whether as lyrics and within music or as quotes. I know right now on Instagram, lots of memes and yeah, shareable graphics uh, or stories. It's a powerful way to carry messages and meaning. It captures emotion in a way that I think has so much value and is worth an entire podcast episode of exploration around. Hopefully integrating more poetry, if not already a huge part of your life, into your life now could better support your creative journey. In the last few weeks, it's definitely supported mine. And I'll get into that more deeply Our agenda for today's episode is first a segment on how poetry rose as a topic for me this last week. Then we'll get into eight perks of poetry, eight benefits, ways that poetry is incredibly beneficial to the soul and not super scientific. And then our last segment will be a culture wreck, another podcast that I absolutely love. As always, would love to hear your creative journeys, any updates, challenges you're facing, things, revelations that you think could better support our expanding, growing community of other creative people. Um, please share a voicemail on at anchor.fm backslash no starving artist backslash message. And the link is included in the show notes. My only ask is that you don't include your name or any strong identifiers. Uh, and if you've been enjoying this podcast, please rate it, review it, tell a friend, share on social. That's how the podcast continues to grow and support people. Let's get into it. So let's begin with a poem by Mary Oliver. And this poem is called Wild Geese. You do not have to be good. You do not have to walk on your knees for a hundred miles through the desert repenting. You only have to let the soft animal of your body love what it loves. Tell me about despair, yours, and I will tell you mine. Meanwhile, the world goes on. Meanwhile, the sun and the clear pebbles of the rain are moving across the landscapes, over the prairies and the deep trees, the mountains and the rivers. Meanwhile, the wild geese, high in the clean blue air, are heading home again. Whoever you are, no matter how lonely, the world offers itself to your imagination. Calls to you like the wild geese, harsh and exciting, over and over announcing your place in the family of things. This poem, to me, is a reminder to reconnect with our softness and to forgive ourselves 
to be in nature and to play in the natural world, even in the midst of chaos. And especially maybe in the midst of difficulty, we need to not just live in suffering. I found this metaphor of the wild geese to be around ultimately our freeness that we always have. And even in loneliness, even in hardship, even during this pandemic, even in the hardest times, we are part of a collective. And so knowing that we are part of a flock, I always see geese and flock, um, that we are part of all things, we're a part of the family of all things, is incredibly powerful. And I hope that this poem resonated with you. I honestly am late to explore the poetry of Mary Oliver. And what a shame, but I'm glad it entered my life via the On Being podcast with Krista Tippett, which hint, hint, is also part of our culture rec, another episode. And I needed it. Um, I was, it was exactly what I needed when I listened to her interview and, and just sharing on poetry and its power in the world. I was like, wow, these words are so powerful and I love poetry. I always have. And reintegrating it into my last week has been pretty game changing. Poetry opens space for playfulness, and her words, Mary Oliver's words especially, had this effect on me. Really hit me deep, creeping into every crevice of my soul and shifting me. This week, I've been also shifting for a number of other reasons. I'll get into other culture wrecks in the future on why. But um, I've been fascinated with essentialism as a long short and what I recognized I needed to do was shift my mindset a bit more in approaching my week to what do I need to work on to saying to myself what do I want to play with what do I want to do for fun and this redirection did not mean that I was doing less work actually quite the opposite it meant that I was moving to my work or to things that I needed to work on from a place of joy it meant that I was definitely holding more time for fun rather than you know think more tasks that I had to do or just killing time procrastinating on doing things I was putting more awareness on things that I made I was looking forward to too so even if I was doing and accomplishing other things I had my perspective set on the positive and appreciation for the play of life and not feeling guilty for feeling joy during this time, which I think I was carrying a lot of unknowingly. Some of my feeling low was honestly attached to general low vibrations in the world during this time. Um, I have friends and family who are going through hard times. On social media, I notice very low vibration, a lot of really poor, harmful, hurtful interactions wow, I can just get to this place where it's like, everyone's so down, so who am I to feel good? It doesn't feel good to feel good during this time, feeling kind of guilty. So, you know, kind of like pushing myself further down. But no, there's no normal way to feel ever. We can always adjust um, our emotions and kind of gain awareness of what we're feeling and the reasons why also help 
encourage that shift. And I hope this sounds not like I'm asking or encouraging you all to reprogram yourselves. I think we are not robots, but our brains sometimes do need to be adjusted. We are definitely hardwired sometimes for negative thinking. And so the more that we can highlight positive thinking, um, the better, uh, the healthier. When we're children, you know, when we were little, it was a lot easier to play. Uh, that came more naturally. And then through, honestly, socialization, we've been kind of conditioned to <laughs> feel guilty for that play. And so it's more about deconditioning deconditioning ourselves to not just be so work and achievement and productivity oriented um, rather than reprogramming ourselves. So really softening and getting back to that inner child, that you that loves to be free and loves to play. And even in this poem by Mary Oliver, she says, you only have to let soft, um, you only have to let the soft animal of your body love what it loves. And I was like, yeah, kind of amazing how that was captured and as an ode to poetry which has been my antidote these past weeks as I'm going through you know feelings of oh I wish I had more friends in Brooklyn that I felt deeply intimately connected with I wish I had blah 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 I wish I had this and that um this yeah this shift was definitely supported through engaging with poetry to have more gratitude towards what I do have. And I'm also reading Neruda among other poets and the world of poetry is so expansive. Even the world of songwriters could be a really fun place to explore new poetry in many ways. But I wanted to gather some information to see if anybody else, you know, it's like, it's just such a powerful thing. And so why not to see if we can explore if there's any insights on what perks poetry has to the soul. As some of you know, I founded More By Her, a platform to dismantle the starving artist stigma. Each week, we share a new story of creative women shaping culture on Wednesdays, Wisdom Drop Wednesdays, for those who identify as women, non-binary, she, her, they, them, thriving artists who are willing to give transparency on their creative journey and how they do it. Follow us at morebyher.com or on Instagram at more underscore by underscore her. We're going to cover eight reasons why poetry is good for the soul. And the source that I'm citing is from Writer's Digest, and it's literally called Eight Reasons Why Poetry is Good for the Soul and it's a guest column. Uh, this is written by K.M. Barkley, who's a writing coach from Lexington, Kentucky. And yeah, what I appreciated deeply about it is the connectedness to kind of spirituality. I call soulfulness and spirituality kind of the same thing these days, but there's probably some variants. One, poetry is good for developmental learning. Apparently, in, especially in child education, poetry is used for that teaching element. It really helps us connect rhyme, 
stitching things together, really understanding the verbal and written skills, um, creating, yeah, that kind of, that beat, that percussion is incredibly powerful, how it's built in the words, and it's a form of huge expression. So, yeah, when it comes to developmental learning, thinking about introducing um, children to this, but also expanding our understanding of the foundation of the language that um, is so powerful, I think, oftentimes. We forget how we started to learn, how we started to learn to speak, how we started to learn to verbalize, how we started to learn to write, um, the power of kind of going back in time sometimes and looking at the ways we teach children, I think, can be really powerful. Just even understanding grammar and the ways that it can be used and adapted and shaped and shift. Number two is quite related. Number two is poetry is good for skill building, particularly in regards to speaking. So when I started this podcast, I was a little expecting to become a different communicator over time. And I think I have been. I'm always working on being a clearer communicator. But then I also kind of observed and gained an appreciation for the ways that I speak, which is sometimes succinct and sometimes kind of vague and sometimes using metaphor and sometimes uh, less explicit than I intend to be. And I think that's incredibly nice to have a uniqueness in the ways that we communicate. Um, in a lot of schooling, um, it's really rooted in standardizing standardizing the way stories are told, standardizing the way essays are shared, the ways that people are reviewed. Um, it's easier for teaching purposes to have expectations, have a template to set that forth and to teach in that way. But um, once we become adults, it's so powerful to break out, to break out of that and really figure out what are our unique way of communicating and speaking and sharing stories back and so beyond number one which is just the learning it's kind of nice to undo um, to build skills that are expansive and unique and maybe bespoke to us and so by learning and understanding poetry it gives us mental fortitude and helps us understand better written communication and how to adapt it for business purposes, how to adapt it to different audiences, how to adapt it in all these different playful ways and opens room for expansion and improving and, and figuring out what works. So number three, poetry helps improve ideas. And this is verbatim from this article that he says, have you ever sat there and not known what to write? Picking up poetry, reading through different excerpts from classic poems can blossom ideas you never knew existed. Reading the poet and writing poetry makes you think of new ideas, but also dramatically changes the way you perceive old ones. It's a way of processing experiences, visual descriptions, and emotions. So this piece definitely resonates with me. I think it's quite potent. Um the way that poetry's introduction into my last few weeks has shifted the ways that I'm approaching not only my personal life, but um, 
yeah, the way my ways of thinking, um, I think the reframing, the expansionness, the expansiveness of, of poetry is strong because it's really rooted in certain specifics, like the specifics of geese. But then understanding the way that metaphor is used, it creates this world of universality. So it's like, oh, maybe she's, Mary Oliver is using the word geese in this message, but what are geese representative of? And to me, they represent all of these things. She said wild geese, not just geese. And so it's kind of like these untamed um, creatures who also tend to be so collective-oriented, so attached to the flock, um, but not necessarily in a conforming way, but just in a intuitive um, awareness of needing to be part of a, a wider group for survival, for safety, for every for all of these purposes. And so it makes me think about, oh, her choice in using wild geese versus maybe another type of bird. She didn't say swan. And um, I think there's just such this beauty in understanding how we can have so there's so many options um, for the ways that we can describe experiences. Um, there's so much expansiveness in the ways that we can approach sharing stories and, and shifting our perspective. Um, the world is pretty expansive and it's nice to have moments that remind us of this. Number four, poetry is therapeutic especially if you're a writer already um because a lot of creative arts are honestly just therapy I love to talk about creative wellness and using all creative expression not just for our professional purposes and trying to make them into work and businesses but also for our well-being so actually taking practices for fun and approaching them as fun on a regular basis whether that's painting writing sewing knitting anything for you just continuing to have the practice of that allows us playtime. Adulthood should be more about play. It's really conditioned out of us sometimes to allow that playfulness in our lives. But that playfulness, that art, the poetry, it's therapeutic. Poetry is deeply rooted in emotion. And so that's one of the more therapeutic aspects of it. You can get in touch more deeply with the sentiments that you might not have known until they were down on paper, or you might not have known until you read them on a page. It's very evocative. And so those experiencing depression and anxiety, which is so common these days um, to feel both, you know, depression, a lot of rootedness and not feeling enough, or maybe regret around the past or anxiety around the future and what could be. I know the world is fairly unstable and it's more visible now than ever. Um, it's always been an unstable world, but I think the ways in which that's clear for human species at the moment is definitely, definitely hugely pronounced. And it's reasonable. Um, but one of the ways that I think poetry can help us is having awareness of why that's arising for us, that feeling of not being alone. I loved the Mary Oliver poem, especially because she addresses loneliness. 
there's a huge loneliness crisis. And there has been for a long time, especially because of technology. People are leaning into having more digital communication and interaction than in person. There's less presence when people are even together. Maybe people are using their cell phones and texting while they're face-to-face with you or... There's a lot of instances of people choosing to, you know, already like just digitally connect over the opportunity in person because of coronavirus and such. But um, yeah, just it, the heightened level of passive and the expansive, you know, just the number of social interactions that are online. It's really overstimulating. You can have like thousands of followers, but only like four friends and and that can feel really alarming it's like why don't I have more friends I have all these supposed followers or you know friends or admirers or such but I don't feel that same warmth and it's because it's kind of an illusion we've always only been you know deeply connected to fewer people and it's not that different but the perception of the way it should feel might feel different and so I think that perception can really start to fuck with people's mental state yeah especially when you start to live in illusion a bit more than you do in reality and so yeah expressing and understanding that feeling that it can be difficult and therapy can be found in so many places and one of which is poetry in Understanding our emotions, feeling safe to express our emotions and really release what's going on. Number four was really about for the writer and putting it down on paper. And then number five is really therapeutic for the reader. Um, so poetry as therapeutic for the reader being that allowing when you have a harder time expressing yourselves to find the ease in expressing yourself and find the ease in seeing how you know the weight of our minds and our hearts um, is really there and we can often suppress that and so even in these dark times unhatching that seeing how it's been unhatched and the patterns between civilizations is powerful number six poetry helps you understand the significance of words themselves And this is what I spoke to previously on, like, even the metaphor of wild geese. It's just so powerful to explore the world of metaphor specifics to connect with universality. By design, and this is quoting from the source, by design, poetry is broken into short but strategic sentences. By doing so, writing and poetry makes one understand the significance of every single word and their placement. Sometimes, without a single word, It can change entire rhythm and meaning of the poem itself. Writing poetry forces the person to consider and reconsider the pieces of length of their verses. In poetry, words are magic, moods, depth, and difficult. One gains the utmost appreciation for them when handling delicate sentences, structures provided in poetry pieces. And yeah, this definitely resonates with me. I think we use words sometimes fairly willy-nilly. We are not hyper-thinking, especially in verbal communication, what words we want to share. Um, And 
sometimes not even accessing the abundance of words in existence. I personally feel pretty pretentious using words that are like more than six syllables sometimes or more than like three or or just not common colloquial language even the word colloquial feels weird it feels like there can be a lot of stigma attached to using certain words but it's also beautiful how many words we've come up with to describe the world around us to describe our emotions and I love to mention this, but words are never going to do justice to the experiences. They're always going to try and just try their best to capture these moments. Similar to taking a photograph of like a starry night and you see this beautiful black sky and you see the stars and they're so vibrant and you pull out your phone and you try to take a photo of that starry night sky and what do you see? Absolutely nothing. Unless you have a really great camera. But in my experience, nada. Or even with a beautiful sunset, it's like everything. And you capture it and it's maybe 80%. Sometimes you edit it, really bring it up. But it's just nothing like really being there. Because in the present moment, in these experiences, we are taking in all these different senses. It's not the one dimension. We're taking in the smell we're taking in the feeling, we're taking in the sight, we're taking in the sounds. When I'm watching the sunset, maybe I'm watching the sunset over the ocean and I'm listening to the sounds of the waves and I'm smelling the sea and that kind of like salty air and the feeling on my skin is just like, my skin is like a little cool and goosebumpy with the hairs on my arms raised and the moisture and humidity is kind of making me hot. And it's like, how can that all be captured in a photo? Absolutely not. But we can still attempt. And that is the beauty of existing and creating art is trying to attempt to share certain experiences over to people through words is one way. And there are many expansive ways that we can. And the attempt of trying is what's beautiful. So I hope that that piece especially motivates us to create work that we're proud of, poetry and the specific chosen words are one way to, you know, hyper tune into that. Number seven, poetry helps you understand people. And I'm going to quote this direct from the source. Again, the website is Writer's Digest and the article is called Eight Reasons Why Poetry is Good for the Soul. So it says, one of the hardships of our current age is the ability to understand one another. Miscommunication and misunderstandings lead to mass amounts of frustration. Reading poetry actually gives people the improved ability to understand others. From a writer's perspective, you have the ability to convey the true nature of your writing to an unknown reader. That means diving deeper into parts You want them to understand what you want them to feel and what you want to take take home with them that resonates long after reading. For a reader of poetry, it gives you the patience to look at someone else's mind and cultivate empathy, empathy for another person, both conveying personal opinion and the ability to emphasize 
are um, paramount to respectful communication. And yeah, 100%. I love the power of art and power of these things to build empathy, ultimately, to insert ourselves in the world of someone else. Even in experiences that we haven't even experienced, the setting of Mary Oliver's poetry is really deeply rooted in New England. She grew up in Cape Cod in Massachusetts in the United States, and um, a lot of her poetry is rooted in being there and being by the Atlantic Ocean and, and kind of cooler weather and seeing things like geese and pine trees and browns and greens and you know earth tones of that nature and it's very different from like a tropical landscape but even if you're someone who's never visited a space with that kind of environment her specific ability to share a lot of those visuals tall grasses and sandy beaches and a little nauticalness really uh is understood even if we haven't experienced it and it's heavily supported now that we have technology and all these movies and exposures to what all these places in the world look like even if we haven't experienced them it kind of fascinates me sometimes even thinking about all of these animals that I know what they look like that I've never seen and I probably will never see in my lifetime more movies and shows and tv and film is really being built to be from the perspective of diverse people and their unique experiences and that's a deeply beautiful thing and within our work and whatever we're creating and sharing with the world it's always valuable to share from our personal experiences even if they don't seem you you know relatable or um, universal know that the specificity that you provide to your own world will deeply resonate with somebody and invites them into uh, your life, into a perspective. And the more diversity of perspectives we can all gain, the deeper our empathy. Yeah, beautiful things. And last but not least, number eight, poetry helps you understand yourself. Obvious, but beautiful one. If you've ever felt lonely, out of place, if you think your emotions and your feelings and your thinking and your frustrations are unique, know that they are you definitely nuanced but um they're definitely shared too because we can't always fully understand what's going on in the heads of others just like they can't fully understand what's going on in our heads we can have some internal turmoil and moving to poetry moving to our art slowing down the world around us now we live in this very fast-paced digital era slowing down taking patience helps a lot and streamlining some thoughts maybe even into direct potent metaphors and sentences can soothe some of that tension that anxiety that frustration and make it lyrical make it make it music make it let it grow let it expand you it allows us to think and really spotlights what issues might be top of mind for us that we haven't necessarily had 
a methodical way, a logical way to approach and expressing. But we can capture in a layered way, in a vague way, and we can revisit time and time again, and it can provide us new insight into ourselves and uncover more. We can notice patterns this way in our being. What stories are resurfacing for us? What are themes that are resurfacing for us? I really love the quote or something I saw on Instagram lately. It was like, don't break up with a person, break up with a pattern. And that hit home for me because there's so many patterns we develop in life and it takes being really objective to get a bird's eye view and understand sequences in some of our behaviors and some of the people that we attract into our lives and some of the projects we take on, etc. And understand if those are helpful to us or hurtful to us. If you are feeling any sadness around self-worth, if you're feeling any frustration around the state of the world, know that there's so much chaos and turmoil and darkness and such, and it's okay. And channeling a lot of that into expression, expressing it, can also allow us to really release and poetry is one way to get that power. So I hope that this series, all these eight, maybe inspired something within you, um, if not fed and supported your creative, your favorite creative expressions. So our culture rec for this episode is from the podcast On Being with Krista Tippett. And the episode is Poetry Unbound Returns with Wisdom for Living Now. And here's a summary of the podcast episode from their website. It says, Poetry rises in human societies in times of crisis when official words fail us and we lose sight of how to find our way back to one another, how to hear each other's voices. This week, we offer a preview to the next season of our Poetry Unbound podcast, which returns on Monday, September 28th, which has already passed. Perfect. Each episode takes a single poem at its center with host Padron Page. Trig Otuma reading the poem and meditating on it. In this first hour, we delve into six poems that accompany the struggles, strangeness, and possibilities of being alive at this time. So I loved this first episode, and the series will continue, so just hop on that train if you are not interested in digging up your own poems. This is definitely going to be a great source to go to during this time. Again, the podcast episode is Poetry Unbound Returns. That was the first one, and then there'll be many more to come. And what I really took away from this first episode was just obviously around the final the perks of poetry, but um, when it's spoken out loud, the vibration that it sends out. So regardless of language or accents we hear tone and we hear intent behind someone's words if we really listen in everyone's voice if they have one 
and they can share it, then in their voice especially, we have this way of weaving. Um, it's almost sing-songy, the way that we speak at times. And in this first episode, I noticed how Otuma shares his pride for having maintained a native Irish accent and his language, especially because of the emphasis on vowels in Irish and how vowels are so maybe in considered overemphasized, but how it creates this beautiful musicality that's not captured in a lot of traditional English um, and in teaching English and yeah, there's some monotone in different languages versus a lot of that range of, yeah, musicality in, in others. And I also, yeah, just appreciated when it comes to that vibration and that vagueness and how we can't always work within the language that we're given. We're always just trying to share experiences. He says that there's no word for love in the Irish language, but it's been beautiful to see how people have been able to make that emotion communicated in a variety of ways. He mentions people saying, instead of I love you, that you are my music, which as a big music head myself, I love. So again, definitely check out this series on the On Being podcast with Krista Tippett. She has an incredibly soothing voice. I just get cozy listening to her speak. Thank you so much for listening to my relaxing voice, and I hope it doesn't put you to sleep, but inspires you. I'm so grateful to be available to you and be on this creative journey with you. Would love to hear how your creative journey and days are going. Again, leave a voicemail to be shared on the podcast at anchor.fm backslash no starving artist backslash message. That link is included in the show notes. You can find me at Anisa Benitez on Instagram. Follow the wisdom of many thriving and creative women and non-binary people at morebyher.com. You are no starving artist. I'm so grateful to be learning and growing and yeah, expanding our art forms, expanding our mind, continuing to stretch. I appreciate you.